Hello and welcome to episode 63 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me as always is the glorious League Freak, who you can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Pretty good. Um, I've spent all morning getting ready for this episode. So this should be a really well-prepared one. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what, what are we going to talk about? Uh, let's talk about referees and the okay. job they're doing and the media attacking them and clubs attacking them and basically everybody attacking them and not really paying attention to what's actually happening in reality. Or anyone standing up for them for that matter, except for you yeah. and me. Yeah, pretty much. It's like us, even the NRL has stopped standing up for the referees, which is kind of, uh, in my opinion, disgusting. What do you um, reckon? I agree. I mean, they're going out of their way to now um, do a critique of their work every Monday morning with Graham Annesley, um, which I think is absurdly stupid because that's just yielding to the media and all their whinging. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to give them to go, go out there and bat for them. I mean, people see that I went on Twitter recently and had a big rant about it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on their side. How about you? Yeah, well, like, I think the Graham Annesley PowerPoint presentation is just stupid i don't know who it's aimed at like obviously if you are pretty happy with how the referees are going you're not going to watch it if you're extremely upset about how the referees are going you're going to watch it and he isn't going to convince you otherwise no that's the thing you're going to watch that and he's going to convince you that you are justified in not liking what the referees are doing because he's convincing the haters that there's a reason to hate the referees yeah, exactly. And I just find it's absolutely fucking stupid. Yeah, so do I. And it's like, if we had the same sort of breakdown of teams and like we were just destroying players for making mistakes or missing tackles or whatever whatever it was, whatever mistakes they make, because no team in the history of the game has ever played perfectly. Um, like... I, I think people would get a little bit upset that their teams and their favourite players and stuff were being attacked. And yet it's all right for the referees for some reason that they might make one decision that's wrong or even make a decision that's right and their boss has to go up and say, well, this is why the decision is right and blah, 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 blah. And it just makes no sense that, like, it. it I feel like it adds to the culture that's been generated within rugby league to attack the the people with the whistle when it's really the teams that are losing games and the coaches a lot of the coaches make really really bad decisions with either the lineups they put up the benches they use the way they use their bench and they they for some reason escape scrutiny for it a lot of the time because the referees get blamed yeah we've even seen this week that um phil gould the almighty Mm -hmm. um came out once again and said, oh, I can fix the uh, the problem with the referees, that are, you know, in, in like, you know, 15 seconds, if you just give me power of the job. Now, he came out and said the same stupid thing last year when all the penalties were being blown because the referees are trying to clean up the ruck. Mm-hmm. Um, and his complaint then was there were too many penalties and they should only be calling the obvious ones. That's pretty much the, the sentiment anyway. Um, so that's what they're doing this year now. And he still thinks they need to be fixed because they're too inconsistent, I dare say, because they're doing what he said. So already he's proven in the space of 12 months that he's got no fucking idea, so he shouldn't be hired to do that job either. 100%. And it's weird because the media, and we've talked about this a little bit, 
they will ask for a crackdown. And then when there's a crackdown, they say they're ruined, the referees are ruining the game. And so they say that they need to ease up and not call everything. And then if that happens and the referees don't call something or they, they try and call something that's a little bit of a common sense thing where you might get a player that is barely inside the 10 off of a kick, and, but they don't call it because he didn't really have anything to do with it. They blow up about that and say, well, what about the letter of the law? And then they'll talk about, well, this is not against the letter of the law and this is for it. And it's just they are chasing their tails constantly. And the poor referees, when they get support from the NRL, they're fine. Like, I've got no problems with them. But it's as soon as the NRL itself, that their eye starts twitching and they start getting a little bit fidgety. As soon as that happens, the referees now have to contend with the the organization that should be backing them 100% is now second guessing them and the job they're doing and the referees are just humans they've got to start they've got to be running out there thinking oh you know I, I kind of know what I should be calling but everyone including my boss is saying I should be doing something a little bit different so maybe I should try and you know do something a little bit different and that's when you run into problems yeah, and when you have one of these decisions come out saying, you know, you should only call the obvious ones, that immediately breeds inconsistency, no matter how good the referees are, because you're asking the referees to ignore things. And 100%. It's stupid. I, I hate that, that attitude that they had, and that was Buzz Rothfield and Phil Good and old handbag Crawley. They were the ones who were pushing that wheelbarrow a fair bit. Um, yeah, I, I hate this constant attack of them, and I think for the, the Annesley video thing, I'd be fine with that if that came out after all 16 clubs went through and reviewed every single player's bad performance and mistake prior to the referees one coming out so that everyone's being accountable. Yeah, 100%. Because all of these teams are making mistakes every single game. They can hardly go for 10 minutes without making some sort of mistake. You know, yeah, it's a bloody good team that does that, that will play for 10 minutes of game and doesn't stuff up in some way. It might even just be a, a bit of a miskick that doesn't get enough, like, uh, enough uh, distance or whatever it is. It might be a pass that's wrong. It might be a play that just breaks down a little bit. You know, it, no team is perfect. And so to have the only people that are really broken down, and it's by the NRL itself. It's not even like you can say, well, Fox Sports does this show and it's a bit gross because they break down the referee performances. It's the NRL that's doing it. Like, why yeah. would they add to that? That's right. They're only making things worse for themselves. Um, so, yeah, I, I had that big rant on Twitter and I just said, you know, people need to just shut up and let the referees do their job. But a lot of people don't realise how good refereeing is today compared to in the past oh. uh, you've only got to look at some of those retro games and look yeah, if you look closely and look at the obvious things that were missed tries that were awarded that shouldn't have been tries that were disallowed that should have been awarded forward passes drop knock-ons all this stuff and funnily enough that happened when we only had one referee controlling the game you're now yeah. getting calls for people saying oh we should go back to one referee paul kent loves that one on, yep. no one referee is stupid and it's worse Exactly, and the and it's funny because the the media pushed for two referees, and as soon as two referees come in, the media were pushing for one referee. And the the other thing is they'll say, oh well, we only use one referee for test matches, and look how that works out. Yeah, you're talking about you know the the elite of the elite playing in a test match, and you're wondering why the game looks pretty good. Like maybe it's, it has something to do with that. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that. 
you've got the very best players in the world out there playing. That point is always forgotten because it's the same. It's the same thing with Origin. They always say, "Oh, you know, the referees ease off in Origin because they never call as many penalties." And going, look at who's playing. Yeah, it's the best in the world. Mm. They're I, not going to pick people out there who are going to be, you know, out there constantly dropping the ball because they're giving away penalties. That's not what they do. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's, that's why they're elite. Right <laughs> yeah, look, and this, this is a problem, okay? And this is why the NRL should not be listening to the media because the media isn't out there trying to get a solution. They yes. don't want they don't want rugby league to get better. They don't want rugby league to be fixed. What they want is rugby league in the situation where they can never fix itself, so they can keep whinging about it. The media is all about trying to create news for itself. So this is why they like going after CEOs, why they like going after coaches, and why they like going after referees because they sit there and bitch and moan about them all the time. Until something happens, i.e. someone gets sacked, they change some rule, whatever it is, and then as soon as there's a change, they can bitch and moan about that. And all they do is keep bitching and moaning until they get a change so they can bitch and moan about the change. That's how they work. That's why they should be ignored. Completely ignored. And there's another thing too, and think about this. How many people within the media, and I'll even go with with former players and stuff, how many of them are doing actual game analysis and breakdown about what we're seeing on the field. Not enough. Nowhere like, near enough. The only one that really stands out for me right now that consistently does that is Billy Slater, and he does it during the call of football games. It's not like he has a show where he's doing that sort of thing. There's not one rugby league show where they're sitting down and breaking down what we're seeing on the field. You know, we're not seeing why the Gold Coast Titans have two elite hookers and yet they're running out of dummy half isn't fantastic and why that is. You know, we're not seeing things like that. We're not seeing why the Storm are able to lose somebody and then for whatever reason, like they, you lose Cooper Cronk and yet they have the same structure in their side with Brody Croft. Like we're not seeing those breakdowns of the game. And my feeling is that, man, First of all, it's obviously easier to talk about all of the surrounding bullshit around the game. It's way, way easier. Any idiot can do that. But how many people can actually break down a game of football and talk about why Team A is beating Team B or why Team C is making so many yards up the middle of the field while their opposition can't do the same thing? Because it's difficult. And you've got to know the game if you do that. And you've got to actually watch all the games and really have a feel for the game to do that. Not many people are doing that at all in the media. Instead, they're talking about like, you know, I mean, this week they're getting on the storm and they're saying, oh, the storm have come up with a new tactic. And it's clockwork. Every single year, apparently, the storm come up with a new tactic. And uh, like the storm are the best in the entire world maybe in world sport for adapting to what the current rules allow and disallow. But it's not like the Storm are going out there and doing something that every other team can't do or every other team isn't trying to do, just the Storm do it better. And I hate seeing it, how we come into the finals, we're about to get into the finals, and every year it's like, oh, look at what the Storm is doing. It's like they've got it written on their calendar or something. I agree. I agree. It's uh, it's like clockwork. It's the same thing every year. It happens around Origin 1 every year. Oh, Buzz Rothwell comes out with a piece and he asks the referees to not get too heavy-handed, even though penalty counts in Origins rarely get above 10 for the whole match. 
Yeah. But guaranteed, game one, there'll always be let up a buzz whinging about referees being, you know, don't give away too many penalties and ruin the spectacle. Um, just boorish, boof-headed bullshit. Lovely yeah. alliteration too, by the way. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> that's why you're an author. Yeah, um, well, that's true. Yeah. By the way, anybody that's listening, I saw Andrew's book yesterday. Um, for the first time, I saw it in a QV. What's the What's the name of the place? Q, QBD. That's it. QBD. Um, and yeah, I was so excited. It was fantastic. I was like, ah. Oh. So yeah, that's all I had on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. Um, yeah, the, uh, I think I think what the referees are doing yeah, last year at the start of the season with that massive crackdown, yep. I wish that that had been persevered with because we would have a much better game now because of it. And instead, yeah, so do I. The, the dinosaurs came out going, oh, the, the penalties are killing the game. That one game where there was 33 penalties called, and that was between the Sharks and Melbourne, yeah. that, that was going to happen because can you tell me of two teams who work harder in the ruck to slow down the game than those two sides. Yeah, exactly. And the, the other thing is, too, I don't want to watch rugby league and see 16 homogenized teams playing the exact same way. And when you get one team that's trying to do one thing and one team that's trying to do another thing and they clash, that's part of the sporting contest. And if that results in a lot of penalties... That's part of the sporting contest. Like yes. that that's what you watch the game for. If you want to see no penalties in a game, the referees can do that. That's really, really simple. But you're gonna see like the, everyone playing the exact same way. I would much rather see sixteen different clubs trying sixteen different things and it's like styles make fights. That's what you wanna see in rugby league. Exactly right. Exactly right. And the great thing about rugby league, especially last year when they had those that crackdown in the ruck, is it created some uh, some instability in in the results. No one knew yeah. what was going to happen. Yeah, that's the thing. It was great. It was it was yeah. It was hard to predict who was going to win. It's fantastic. See, I, I think at the start of this year, and like for the majority of this year so far. I've really enjoyed the way the referees have called the game. I think that they were given a lot of uh, backing to be like, look, we trust you, go out there, do what you've got to do, be rugby league referees. And I think they did that. And I think you saw that in most of the performances by the referees. And I think that you saw that in the game overall. But as soon as the NRL started to get a little bit squirrely about some criticism, all of a sudden the referees now... Uh, having all of these different signals sent their way, and that's when you get the problems. That's because the referees are experts, and I think that people forget that these are people that are world experts in the sport. They're world experts in the rules. They're world experts in how the rules apply from the book onto the field. No one is better than them. And on top of that, they love the game as much as anybody else. And so they want to see a good game of footy themselves and they know what works and they know what doesn't. The problem always comes from when some an outside, an outside influence steps up and says, oh, we want you to change this. Yeah, and I think you, you hit a very, very good point there and that is they love the game. Okay, because I remember hearing a lot last year that 
um, from some people in the media, but a lot of it from social media, people saying, oh, the referees just want to be part of the action. That's why they're calling these penalties. They want to be part of the show. And they're going, that makes absolutely zero sense. You sit down yeah. and think about that. Okay, if they love the game and they want to be part of the action, why would they go out and intentionally call wrong calls? Yeah. How is that helping anyone? It doesn't help the referee if he's doing his job badly because he could lose his job. Mm-hmm. Think about it, people. Don't just go out and say this stupid crap. Those are the things that people say, oh, refs are biased towards certain clubs. No, they're not. Some clubs, as you said before, know how to manipulate the rules better than others. And this is another issue the game has, is the game is no longer played in good spirit. The game is now played by 16 teams who are trying to exploit any loophole they can find in the laws to get that advantage. Because we've got the salary cap, all the teams are a lot more even now than they've ever been in the past history of the game. They now have to scratch and scrape for whatever tiny advantage they can find. And finding, exploiting loopholes in the laws is the biggest one they can go for. That's why they do it. That's why we've got illegal tackles and stuff like this all the time now. Trying to find an advantage. Yeah, and like you sometimes see teams come out and they will find something that they believe gets around a rule. And, it, you know, if it was up to the referees themselves, like if, say, the referees were run as a collective just by the referees. They didn't have a boss or anything. They sat around on a, a Monday and they, between themselves, were able to say, listen, we've got a problem here with, uh, and I'll just, I'll pick one out with, uh, say, the chicken wing thing, right? I think if it was up to just the referees themselves, that stuff would be stamped out immediately. But the problem is that you get into this thing and it's almost a, a corporate situation where everything has to filter down before it gets to where the rubber meets the road and the referees are out there calling the games. Because if you're a referee that goes out there and you realise that there's something that's happening, a tactic in the game that shouldn't be allowed, and you just start blowing whistles yourself, and, and you should be. like They know how to control the game. That's fine. But if a referee randomly did that out of nowhere, people would go absolutely nuts. Yep. Fully agree. It's, it's nonsense. I've, you don't see this same targeted vitriol by fans and the media towards referees in any other sport, I'd imagine. It's nonsense. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean... Like I'm a I'm a basketball fan, and you will see some things about the referees, uh, in in basketball. But you know, it's not it's not media driven the way it is in rugby league and in the NRL. And I feel like there's because most rugby league journalists, not all of them, but the vast majority of rugby league journalists are absolutely trash at their job. I think they just you know they go into the lucky dip and they pull out and it's like, oh, referees, you know, I'm going to talk about referees now. And then they'll go back in and, oh, trade window. What about that? Go back in. Oh, loyalty. Let's talk about how loyalty's dead. It <laughs> seems like they go through the same shit because they're yeah. so bad at their job. Well, one that I saw that come up too during the week was, um, oh, Paul Kent going on about how Mad Monday, something he uh, used to practice, should be yeah. scrapped. Yeah. And what should like, be scrapped is... Because in the past, when he went on Mad Monday, journos didn't go around trying to get a scoop. They knew that the players were going to let their hair down. They let them be for one day. 
Nowadays, nah, they know that Mad Monday's the day they're going to get a big story that they can run with for the whole off season. So they're going to go and badger anyone they can to get something out of them. That's how it works now. The problem isn't the players. The problem is the media now. Yeah, and the thing is too, like, it was funny when Paul Kent was saying that on NRL 360 because he's sitting across from two two rugby league players, two men, two adults, and saying, listen, I think you should just be banned from celebrating the end of the season. It's like, what are you talking about, you fucking idiot? Go away. <laughs> you know, you, what do you, like, it, it makes no sense to me that somebody would be that self-righteous that they can say to a bunch of adults, I've decided that when it gets to a certain time of the year, you're not allowed to do something that I don't approve of. That is, it is literally having a party. And you can say like, oh, I mean, you you can say, get rid of the alcohol, just stop doing this, stop doing that, blah, 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 blah. But they they just celebrate the end of the season. I mean, he even was, there was a one point where I believe he said, well, the only team that should celebrate is the one that wins the grand final. It's like, fuck off, <laughs> go away. What they should do, every single team should have their Mad Monday on exactly the same day at the Daily Telegraph offices. <laughs> With all the staff you. there. Yeah, and, and wear exactly what the staff have said they're allowed to wear. It's like they should all be in suits and ties and be drinking green tea and, you know. No, uh, I'd, just, I'd, I'd rather they all turn up there wearing whatever the hell they want. They can dip their balls in beer if they want. They do it all in the Daily Telegraph offices. They just get themselves <laughs> smashed in there. And you know what the funny thing is about that? The journos <laughs> would love it because then all of a sudden they, they wouldn't be the complete and utter outsiders that they actually are. They wouldn't be on the outside looking in. It's something they wish they were part of, but they're not. You know, they would love to feel like they've got friends for once and the people that want to talk to them <laughs> and that actually like them. They'd Famous enjoy people. That. Famous yeah. people, because then they, they can le- do legitimate name dropping then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Third year time. Oh, I remember I had a beer with uh, Gareth Whittup one day, and uh, you know he was talking about James Graham and Tyson Frizzell and names and names and names. There's yeah. no point to this story. I'm just saying names, names, names. <laughs> I often wonder what it's like when you know sometimes you see these journos and they'll say, "Oh, I just got a text from blah blah blah," or "I just called up blah blah blah," and we talked about this. I wonder what it's like for the players when, like, say they're at home and they look at their phone and one of these idiots is texting them and calling them and they're like, what the fuck does this cunt want? You know? <laughs> I That's argue, what it comes down to. I argue that that doesn't even happen. I wouldn't be surprised. I think I mean, that talk about I, I ring this person, I text this, I text this person, I think that's all just posturing. It doesn't happen at all. Yeah. yeah, I think that there would be some of them that are genuinely nice people that you could have a chin wag with and, and that you might, players might just generally like, and there's some, and I'm not going to embarrass them by saying their names, but there's some of them out there that I think genuinely do talk to quite a lot of players because they're nice enough people, um, but the vast majority of them, they're just outsiders. Look, and it's like, I don't how- want to keep from you. How would the conversation go? Let's say, let's pick a rookie, say, Bronson Cherry. Yeah. Okay. And he's at the Sharks. How's the conversation go when 
old mate Buzz Rothfield comes up and they need to he wants to give him his phone number. That's a really good question. Hi, Bronson. Do you know me? He goes, No, who are you? <laughs> oh, I'm the most feared journalist in rugby league. My name's <laughs> Phil Rothfield. You can call me Buzz. I'm your mate. I like the sharks. Do you want my phone number? No, old man, I don't want your phone number. Yeah. I'm really important. I can write good stories about you. Yeah, nah. Nah, I'm I'm okay, mate. It's all good. Do you want I'm another cool, beer? Bro. Nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's very how, strange. How did how does that transaction take place when they spend so much time being negative about it? I mean, whenever Buzz gets low on content, he'll go to the Sharks. He'll find some sort of negative thing to write about him because he's such a big fan of the club. Like, he brought out the one this week about how they're struggling to be under the cap for next year. Yeah. It's, it's... There's nothing else to write about Buzz. It's, it happens time and time again. He'll, he'll always go to his old club and, and dig up some shit there. It's like yeah. an easy target. It's like, a, it's like shooting fish in a barrel for him, except there's no fish and there's no barrel and there's no gun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just find it... Like, I feel as though rugby league... I won't say media, but I feel like rugby league journalism in general is at, it just keeps getting lower. It's like, I, I tend to think sometimes I can't get lower than this. And then it just surprises me how terrible it is. And in the, I don't know what it's been, but in the last, I feel like three weeks, it's just gotten worse and worse in my opinion, well, to the point a... where you <laughs> watch stuff like you, I'll watch TV and I'll see all these journalists talking to each other and you're like, it, it, it's just how how much lower can it go? I think there was a classic story during the week. So we, on was it Monday we had the story about um, Sean Lane and his little bag of white powder. Yeah. And then a story a day or two after that was how Sean Lane almost has a car accident and we're trying to evade the media. Hmm. Like you've, you've just caused a story and then wrote about it and trying to come off as though you're not the bad guys. Yeah. Like, seriously? It's like another version of when you see articles where they'll say, uh, Paul Kent says something about Team XYZ, and it's like, that's not news. That's not rugby league news, you know? Um, And the other thing is, are you a journalist or you're a commentator, right? Because you and me talk about rugby league. And we would never, ever call ourselves journalists because you can't really be both. You know, no, you, you can't look, sit back and, and make these judgments about players and clubs and officials and things like that. And then so, but I am also I have no bias. I call what I see and I write about what is going on in the game because you, you just can't do both. You're one or the other. That's right. That's right. It's and it's an easy, it's an easy uh, difference to make too. You know, um, the other thing that gets me too is Paul Kent's utter distaste for social media. When we all know that all these journos love it and they're involved in it somehow because that's now where they get most of their stories from. Because most of the players are on there, and it's the only place that these journos can go to to get a gauge of how fans are feeling about something, which tends to be how a lot of stories work now. So instead of the journal coming across saying, I believe this or I believe that, they'll come out with um, the fans this, the fans that. And it comes from social media. 
So if yeah. you to go out and call the, you know, most of the people on Twitter as peanuts and dickheads and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they've, they've helped him with his job an awful lot over the years. It was kind of funny though. He was criticizing, uh, <laughs> was criticizing Twitter users. As, you know, most of the people on there don't even use their real names. They've got fake names while he's got Paul Crawley sitting across from him. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Burner account. Yeah. Hi, friend. <laughs> <laughs> friend, how you going, friend? He sat there quiet, like like the Muppet he is. Mm. Oh man, it's terrible. And the other thing is too, like, and it's it's just on a little bit of a different tack too. There's all of this talk about um, the racial abuse that's been going on on uh, social media. I think that the thing that kicked it off might have been there was something was said on Instagram from memory to Latrell Mitchell and a couple yep. other players. Um, and there's this, all of a sudden, there's this big rush to like, let's kick them out the game for life and stuff. And I understand the sentiment. I really do. And it's like, if you're jumping on social media and saying stuff like that, you're just a prick. Like, what are you doing? Just, you know, do something else, right? We're not condoning that at all. But it's like, let's ban them for, and it's how about, it's like, how about we ban people from rugby league for life? that king hit referees or that are known for doing like terrible, disgusting acts on the field to opposition players or that have been charged with multiple, you know, violent acts against people. You know, why don't we, why don't we have the same ferocity to try and get those people out of the game as we do for, for some fucking random idiot that's saying dumb shit that's hurtful on Instagram does that make sense? I, I get where you're coming from, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe I'm putting it in a in a wrong way, but I just feel as though this, like, this, I don't. It's well, let's say why not have both? Like, I yeah, I've I've it, long yeah. said right that uh, racism is the simple the, the simple most dumbest thing that humans have ever created. Yeah, it serves zero purpose. It achieves nothing, and it's. It's only for the utter, um, how can I say this in the most clearest way? <laughs> it's, for the, it's for the dumbest fuckheads of society. Yeah. Like, you have to be really fucking low on IQ to, be, to resort to racism in a way to get your point across. If you can't use proper words to make a coherent argument without being a fuckhead by saying racist shit or making death threats, um, you, should have, you should have your right to speak revoked. You but should have your about, right to communicate revoked. Could you imagine how miserable a racist person would be watching rugby league? Oh, like they spend all their life going, oh, not that fellow. I don't like yeah. him. He's the wrong color. Uh, exactly. I don't like him. He's okay with gay marriage. Uh. Yeah, you know, it's like we've geez. got. A, we're really lucky to have a sport that's so got so many different players from so many different backgrounds, and it's it's great. It's fantastic. But man, if you if you one of those people that thinks that one sort of race or skin color or something is better than anyone else, or you get upset about that sort of thing, man, you really are going to be upset watching a rugby league game. It's yeah. like, fuck, man, go and do something else. I've got this for the for the racists out there, okay? Rugby league's not going to change. It's going to always be div, um, quite diverse with cultures and colors. So if you don't like it, go and follow another fucking sport. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's very, very straight. People are weird, man. It's, I'm, it's just like the journalism thing. 
just when I think that people can't be weirder, they find new ways to be weird. Yeah. Just realising I've been quite sweary today. It's all right. You're allowed to be. I got your back. Considering that we're, we've been we're winging this episode, I'm a bit fired up. I <laughs> know. <laughs> See, it doesn't take much to get us talking about footy. And it's funny because we, we can't, for people that don't know, we come into this episode and we're like, what do we talk about? And I said to Andrew, look, we do some of our best podcasts at night when we're just chatting to each other about footy. So let's just start talking about referees and see where we end up. And look, that, this is what's happened. Like, yeah, I'm, a, we, I'm abusing racists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's fantastic. Right, well, what else is going on that we can, we can seek our teeth into? I see well, James Tedesco's parted with his, uh, with his manager, um, Isaac Moron, and he's now got the shits with him and he's... Re- I don't know. He's done some more, some sort of weird shit with his contract, I, I assume. Yeah, and they're I, looking into it. I, I can't see much coming from that. It's a bit I of a beat-up, kind of like the Sean Lane thing. Like He what, he walked away with a $20,000 fine. Like, you know, what was the point of all that hoo-ha? I, I think that's about... That's that's slightly more than what um, Josh Maguire got for eye-gouging at the start of the year, wasn't it? I can't remember how much he got, hey? He got fined some pissy amount for attempting an eye gouge. He was raking at someone's face. Yeah. I, like, tell you what, if I'm Sean Lane, right, because the integrity unit talked to him and everything, I sit down with the integrity unit. I say to them, I'm willing to do a drug test right now. <laughs> or you'll find that I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Though. I would say, you'll find that I'm clear of any drugs. I'm not leaving this room until I do a drug test. I would even do it right in front of the integrity unit if they wanted me to, right? And then... When it come back clear, because it's pretty easy to test for certain sorts of drugs, I would tell them to fuck off and leave me alone because he he obviously has not tested positive for any drugs at all, right? This, is, this picture could have been of anything from any time. You know, it, it's if you've got some, some proof that he did something wrong, but proper proof, not just like, oh, I don't like the look of that, fair enough. But if he if he passes a drug test and he's fine, fucking leave him alone. You know what I want to see this Mad Monday? Yeah. Every single player turning up with a bag of ice and sugar. <laughs> oh, my oh God. Test us all. <laughs> We're you all know, high as a... We're all high as a kite for about 15 minutes and then the icing sugar wears off and we're back to being sedate again. I know, I know. Look, I, I mean, Benji Marshall got ear bashed this week on a TV show about dressing up at Mad Monday. And me and Benji <laughs> handled it really well. He's like... He's like, laughing about no, it. I'm going to dress up. Go away, you know. Yeah. Um, but this, you know what it comes back to? Remember when there was that whole issue with the Bulldogs... Um, in the early noughties, and they turned up to the police station for questioning, which was in itself a bit weird when you think back about it. And the media didn't approve of their attire. And then it's then it like, was it last year? Oh, it was early this year. Now it was early this year when Valentine Holmes um, was able <laughs> yes. to come back, and they were like, "Who's wearing a hoodie?" <laughs> and it's like you. Fucking bastards! Like you will, you you will attack anything. Like say Valentine Holmes got off the off the plane, and he gave 
them a press conference, which is all I want. They just are fishing for content. And he was dressed in a suit. They'd probably attack him for like something that he said. You know, whatever it was, they were going to have a go at him. And, oh, man, they're just the worst. They're the very worst. I remember, they did the same thing, too, when um, the starter investigation was going on and Wade Graham turned up in a pair of thongs and shorts. Oh, I don't remember that. They did, they? Where? Yeah, they, they go, oh, how dare he turn up to an investigation wearing that and going, it's clothes. Like, they're asking questions. They're not saying they're doing a job interview. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, you got you get him wearing wearing thongs and shorts, or you get him turn up wearing nothing. Which would you prefer? <laughs> yeah, he's exactly, exactly. It's oh man, it just gets me. It really gets me, and it must get the players. And I tell you what, the players, for the most part, they keep their mouths shut about it. But I would love to. And here's a here's a thing: any player out there, right? We'll keep you completely anonymous. We won't let anybody know who you are. But if you want to do an interview with us and talk about what you think about the media, and we promise you it will be completely anonymous. Actually, you are more we can, than welcome to come on. Say, what they could do is t- talk to us via DM and we can read their answers out so you don't even hear their voice. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that would be even better. Or even you can email podcast at leaguefreak.com yeah. Um, from let a us fake know. Gmail account. <laughs> yep, yep, and, and just let us know, um, you know what you think, and, and we will, we will keep you anonymous because we we're not that sort of people. Like we're not the sort of people that's like oh, it's just not who we are. So because I would love to know what players really think of the media, I would love it. And they, to credit to them, they they play it pretty close to their chest for the most part. Yeah, yeah, they they do do quite well in that regard. I'll give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to see though that you've got players now who are going out there and doing um, their own media stuff. Like uh, I know my, my missus was on here quite a few episodes back talking about how Chad Townsend does that. Yeah, he does like video blogs and stuff. He talks about you know a day in the life of him and he interacts with his fans on there. Completely bypasses everybody. Yeah, it's just the player straight to the fans. And, and I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah, because the media hates it because he's given away the scoops and bypassing them. And it yep. goes straight to the fans, and the media's getting no money out of it and no publicity out of it. And he's doing it all for himself off his own bat. And I love it. I'd, I want to see all players doing that sort of stuff. Except, yeah, I agree. Except Tyrone May. I don't want to see his content. Not, <laughs> not, well, well, you know. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> um, yeah, I, look, I agree. And, you know, Podcasts by players and things like that, it, it's not generally what I would personally take in myself. But, you know, because I like watching them play footy and stuff like that, and they're all right to talk to on that. But outside of that, it's just, I don't know, I, I'm a bit different like that. I don't really care what the players do in their, their own time. Um, but I understand that plenty of people absolutely love it, and I love that part of it, and I love the interactive. You know, there's when you hear people that get to meet players in meet and greets and stuff like that, and they get so much out of it, and they love it, and it's a very special part of rugby league. Um, so, yeah, I would love to see players just bypassing the media completely and doing their own thing more and more, and I think we're going to see that more and more. Like, 
for how easy we found it to set up a podcast and the minimalistic amount of money that it's taken, and I'm talking like, you know, a couple of coffees a day and you've got it basically covered for the whole month. Um, it, it's that more place should do it. They really should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, make sure you get yourself a good legal team, though. Yes, I mean, we, 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 got we scoured the earth. Because obviously you've got you've got that mansion there. I know you've got that. Um, I won't give away the, the the details, but you you do have a storage facility somewhere yes. in the world that's yes. got gold bullion in it. Yes. And this this legal team that we have got, they only require one of these gold bars. Mm. Easy, easy setup, and that's all it's got to take. And let's be honest, football players are earning almost as much as you are. So Almost. they should be able to, to do the same sort of thing, the same sort of deal as well. And, you know, maybe if they get in touch, you can you can sort of drum up a a discount for them, 10% off or something like that. Same a bit yeah. of coin. Yeah. You know, maybe we should have like a, you know, a, a discount code that we put out. It's like yeah. if you put in Furgo and the free, you know, 10. Well, I was, I was thinking, <laughs> no, the, the code should be something like um, cup and wink. Cup and... <laughs> the code is cup and wink. That's hilarious. That'd be a nice code. Um, speaking of legal team, I see that our, our legal team and our CEO are now involved in the starting block, which is fantastic news. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I, I actually. You... I was, was going to say they'd be the... bloody busy though. Yeah. Well, the starting block. Let me tell you, I listened to it last night. Bloody hilarious. They gave me some nice shout outs, which was nice, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's good to see we're building. We're building a bloody army here, man. Oh yeah. So no, it's been fantastic. Anything else you want to talk about in this wing in it episode? Uh no. I, I think that we're going to try and set up a couple of things over the next couple of days, which should be interesting. I was, you know, what I was thinking. We should uh, maybe one of these nights coming up, bring on a couple of our our followers. We'll have little quick podcasts with them. Chuck them up. That'll be interesting, uh, especially with uh, Women in League Ground, or as I like to call it this year, because it seems to be pretty low-key. Um, oh, fuck, yeah, it's Women in League Ground. We better do something. Yes. Um, we can get the CEO back on. Yeah, that'll be a lot, of pe- a lot of people don't know this, especially on the podcast, but I think we may actually have a video from ages ago. I don't know if we kept it or not. Yeah. from when we went on Periscope and she came on for quite a while um, yeah. before we found out that we were probably denying her quite a fair amount of sleep she needed for the next day's work. Yeah. <laughs> but she she had a good chat. It was fantastic. She was brilliant. So, yeah, we'll get try and get Nadine back on again. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Well, you yeah. know, on Fergo and the Freak, we keep the ladies up late. You know what I mean? <laughs> um. We'll have to see if we can get the uh, the legal team on as well. Yeah, we should. We I reckon we should do that over the next couple of days. We'll try and get that done. Yeah, that'll be your job, is it? Yeah, I'll do. I'll send some DMs right now and be like, "Excuse me, <laughs> it's Please. the same, basically the same sort of thing I used to do when I'd kick a ball over the fence of a neighbor's place. You get up on that fence and you go." Excuse me! And you do that for an hour and a half until they come out. They're like, what the fuck is going on? They throw like, a house brick at you. Back. <laughs> Great. See, I didn't have that issue because I grew up in the in the country. So if you kicked the ball over the fence, you just had to go for like a, a bike ride to go and get it. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up in, in uh, 
Mount Druitt, where, you know, you jump over the fence, you might be torn apart by dogs. Well, I mean, you run that risk in the country too, but there's a yeah. bit more space to run around in. Yeah, true. I remember I remember jumping over the fence once. There's this big Alsatian that used to live next to us, really angry dog. My basketball jump went over the fence, but it was sitting up on top of like a, a uh, it was like a carjack or something. And I was like, I know I can get this. I know I can get this. So I sort of distracted the dog at one end of the fence, ran over, jumped up, grabbed the ball, jumped back over. And apparently it was a very, very close thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering if that was something that was commonplace in Paris, and that's why they chose to wear jumpers with brown on it. Possibly, possibly. I I thought I was really clever when I did it, but I was told it was like, You've got no idea how close that was. <laughs> you almost had your ass removed. Pretty much. <laughs> right, well, I was going to ask, should I sing happy birthday to you? Well, it was yesterday. Yeah, so, well. Yes. Okay. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. That'll do. Okay, yeah, that's enough. I think that's about all you did for me as well. We don't want to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was a good day. I had a good day. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, if people have been on Twitter recently, they would have seen a little snippet we put up uh, last night of the episode before this, but where we spoke about the, uh, the cup and wink. Yeah. Retweet uh, it because it's pretty funny. It's pretty good, yeah. That's, uh, listen to me bragging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty great. funny. I'm pretty funny, you know. Yeah, it's funny when you can listen back to yourself and you just crack up. It's kind of weird. <laughs> and and a bit um, embarrassing at the same time. I can't believe I'm laughing at myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that no, was pretty good. Um, we For those who have asked, I've actually had a few people asking um, when we're going to do some more history stuff. There is quite a bit more coming up. Yeah. Um, we're just trying to tweak it so that... Um, you know, it can be also, I suppose, have some sort of modern day linkage with it as well. That's what we've been doing with all the history stuff, and it's been really good. It's created a good conversation. So, trying to find a way to tweak some of that. Some of it we can't do, but uh, we'll still try and do some of that as well. Good off season stuff. Yeah, uh, and we've got so like we were talking about an episode last night that we could throw together with a, a club, um, and just fascinating stuff. And but we want we want to make sure we do it right as well. Yeah. So um, there's a fair bit of stuff there. Obviously, most of it's um, a lot of the stuff that I've I've done a bit of work on in the past. So mm. that that will be the easy stuff. But then we'll branch out to other stuff as well. Probably even take requests of stuff you want us to look into. Yeah, that'd be great. Just podcast yeah. at leaguefreak.com. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, follow us on new on uh, Twitter at FergoFreakPod. Uh, we're on YouTube. I don't know the link there, but if you go to the uh, the podcast account, uh, sorry, you go to the the YouTube accounts, podcast accounts, the Twitter account, they're all over their place anyway. Yeah, and if you go onto YouTube, go to the search bar and just chuck in Fergo and the Freak, and it comes up. I think it's the fourth one down, and you just go to that. That takes you straight to the channel. There's about seventy videos there, almost. It's crazy, eh? <laughs> yeah. So that's also where we've got live episodes. You can watch them live there when we do them, or you can watch them back after they've already been, been to air. Um, 
we haven't talked about when we're going to do our next live show. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to work it out, hey? Hmm. Sometime this weekend, probably. Yeah, probably. I've got, I got plenty of beer in the house, too. I should get sloshed and we do an episode. Wouldn't that be there's, fun? There's no idea. We should do the Titans game, then. <laughs> should they play the Dragons this weekend? Um, oh, oh, no, that, was, that was last weekend. Yeah. Oh, the Titans have got Parramatta. <sighs> Wouldn't it be oh, funny if the Titans beat Parramatta? I'm tempted. To, I'm tempted. We should probably think about doing that one. What day is that? That's tomorrow at six p.m. Tomorrow at six. I can't get drunk that early, man. Come on. I can't get smashed that early, but we could do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I reckon with enough application, you you could surprise yourself what you're able to do. I've been hammered before twelve in the afternoon, so yeah. Um. Let's see. Melbourne, Canberra, Newcastle Cowboys, South Bulldogs. Jason Roosters. Tomalolo's out for the Cowboys against Newcastle, by the way. Yeah, he is. Cha- so. Changed my tip. I put my tip in late. Uh, that's what she said. Um, and, um, you know, Albie sent me an email saying, dude, come on, man, tips. Um, and so, yeah, that changed my tip, actually. Right. Well, you just need to hope that Mitchell Pierce doesn't have another stinker, otherwise you might be wrong. I know. I know. The way uh, I saw it was like you take take Tal Malolo out of the Cowboys pack, they're not performing well. And uh yeah. you know, they just lost two hundred meters. Yeah, that's like taking um Clint Gutherson out of the New South Wales origin side. Yeah, it's like just hopelessness. Yeah. You know, complete barren hopelessness um he's the best 18th man we've had in the history undefeated yeah undefeated worth all of those what's he on 3.4 mean a year something like that yeah he's our volley he's to our be honest to be honest Parramatta should be wary of other clubs they should probably upgrade him i reckon so he's he's uh, been chased by Parramatta. Parramatta. <laughs> He's been chased by Parramatta. They should upgrade yeah. his deal. <laughs> now, someone did say on the uh, the poll that we had uh, on your website, yeah. Freakfreak.com, yeah. Um, there's an NRL fan poll on there, a proper one, not a fluffy yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and someone complained on there that uh, Shark Park was on there as one of the worst grounds around. And it was a Dragons fan. Yes. And I didn't get a chance to respond, but my reasoning for why Cogras should be there yeah. is the fact that how can you get excited about going to Cogra and watch a team coached by Paul McGregor play there every week? That's a good point. That is a very good point. You know, when I saw that and it was late at night, and I'm sorry I haven't replied to that yet, but I thought to myself, why did we leave it out? And we did a lot of research and things like that and then just forgot about Shark Park. (laughs) Yeah. I think at the end of the day, the fact that there's an actual pub attached to Shark Park Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of gets it just out of the grey zone. True, that's very true. Yeah. Plus, you know, I might get my ass kicked if I put anything negative in there about the sharks. Yeah, well, you know, people don't realise this, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, let's face it, it's it's probably been twenty five years or so, but John Bobbitt taught us all lessons that we all take on board. Yes. 
Yes. And um, Australian women, they're a lot more um, motivated mm-hmm. and a lot more stronger-willed than, than American women. And That's I say cool. that I say that in all positiveness yeah. and as a complete praise and not as anything negative. Not uh, nothing at all. They've got an inner strength. And and they don't they don't and, know a, and an outer strength and an out yes an outer strength as well they are and I say this in all honesty the yeah. best women in the world I agree one hundred percent prove me wrong people prove me wrong what do you mean prove you them wrong what how would they prove that's all right that's the point try and prove exactly. me wrong I'll argue yeah. that you can't exactly but there we go that that's women in round for you. Women, yeah, women, women in the yeah. Ground, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, well, harmony there. Thank you. Thank you to all the ladies that listen to us and uh, powerful, positive women that listen to us. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast while you're doing all the housework and cooking for uh, hubby when he gets home. There they go. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. You had to, yeah. I can, yeah. I can hear them all going. I can also hear the boss and the legal team banging at the door. <laughs> yeah. Who fucking said what? <laughs> Tidy. Alrighty. Well, uh, before we descend into too much more jibber, uh, thanks for tuning in. As I said, get in touch with us um, at Andrew RP, at League Freak, at Burger Freak Pod. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on every podcasting thing there is. Um, get in there, like, subscribe, everything. Um, give us a comment. We're going to read out the uh, the iTunes, Apple podcast comments soon. We've had a few extras come in there. Um, give us some five-star reviews. It all helps. It's all fantastic, and we love you for it. Yes. Thank you to everyone for supporting us. It's great. And uh, we did actually also have a poll I'll quickly mention about whether we should have intro music or not, and it's about 60-odd percent said we should. I mean, we need to know. We might have to run another poll. Is that enough to actually go through with it? <laughs> we're not convinced. We're kind yeah, of for something a bit more convincing than that. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, um, Freaky here is going to work on producing some magic. He's an absolute genius with the instruments. So he's going to put something together for the intro. I can drop some sick beats, let me tell oh, you. Yeah. yeah. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me trying to sound cool with the kids. <laughs> okay, dude. Cow bugger, man. <laughs> let's let's wrap this rabbit up, and uh, we will catch us all later.